Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Love, Simon. Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda was written by Becky Albertalli and published in 2015. And the film adaptation, which came out in 2018, was directed by Greg Berlanti. And it's really exciting because this is part of our Pride Month lineup. And, uh, you know, these two episodes that we're doing this month focus on the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. And we just did an episode on Fingersmith and the Handmaiden. Yes, which was a great, it was a um, patron request and ended up being a really interesting and unique adaptation. Yeah, focusing on uh, the lesbian community and now we're doing a gay story. Yeah, and for our bonus episode for this month, uh, we are doing a, we did an episode on Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Which I'd never seen before. And (laughs) wow, I... That's a little preview for our episode. (laughs) Ian's mind was blown. It was. It genuinely was. Uh, (laughs) I don't know the date yet specifically that's going to be released, but if you would like to listen to it, you can do so at patreon.com slash cover to credits. <laughs> yeah, become a patron. Bonus episodes are just one of the great things that you get by being a patron. You also get priority episode requests. We do episodes from patrons all the time. We also have, um, you know, we post our episode schedules. We have other stuff that we do over there. And even if you support us at the lowest level, you get access to all of that. Yeah, we have like over 30 bonus episodes at this point. So yeah. go check and it out. And who wouldn't want to hear more of us talking about things? More things, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the bonus episode and the bi-weekly main episodes, I mean, we're producing almost as much as like a regular weekly podcast. Definitely. So yeah, go check that out. Um, but we're here to talk now About Love, Simon. About Simon. And his battle against the Homo sapiens agenda. What is it? I don't know. Do we know what it is? I don't, after reading the book. (laughs) Yeah, that that joke was kind of, like, a little lost on me. Yeah. I I don't know if he meant, like, the pressure to, like, procreate slash be in hetero relationships. Well, I think it's a play on the homosexual agenda, but it should be the Homo sapiens agenda just for everybody. But I'm like, but why is it him versus it if he proposed it and he liked it? Yeah, I guess that's yeah where, that where my confusion came from. Yeah, I just don't know if it exactly works. Yeah. But I mean, it's a fun title, I guess. It is. I mean, it kind of it, it, it jumps out at you. Yeah. And I think captures kind of the quirky, fun feel of the book. Yeah. But in terms of like pure marketability, Love, Simon is a. A more efficient title. It is. And it also captures the essence of like this story here mm-hmm. in like the letters. Yeah, which is funny because uh, another high school teen romance story that we've talked about on this podcast before is uh, the To All the Boys yeah. trilogy, which is another letter oriented <laughs> naming convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's another series you can check out. But yeah, let's. Uh, kind of jump into the the general setup yeah. of the plot. Yeah, let's talk about Simon and his character. He, you know, he I love the way the movie starts because it is sort of like catching us up on everything and it's very like, "Oh, I'm just a normal kid." And we find out about like, you know, he goes to school in Georgia. He lives with his family. In the book, he has two sisters. Yes. One older, one younger, and in the movie, it's just a younger The movie sister. killed one of them. <laughs> one of them did not survive uh, to the movie. 
uh, his younger sister, Nora, is still. I don't know what it was about the book. There was a really weird part yeah. where they're having dinner and Alice is Skyping in from mm-hmm. college. But I got really confused as to which one was Nora or which one was the one in college and which one was the one at home. Yeah. I also listened to this on audiobook, so that might have been just my own problems trying to listen to it in the car. But <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Jennifer Garner is actually the mom in the movie. And I think... I mean, this is like kind of normal for her. I feel like she's always cast as the mom. I was just thinking that she's really uh, just <laughs> she's carved. cornered the mom market. She has. She's just carved out a niche yeah. uh, of being like a good mom. Because mm-hmm. I know she's in this. I know she's in. Uh, is it The Wonder? Wonder. Or, or just Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Juno. Juno. Yeah. Uh, there's that other movie that just came out on Netflix yesterday. Oh, yeah. Or something. Yeah. More of a comedy. But like, yeah, she's just like <laughs> the good mom. The good mom. <laughs> I love to, I, I can't remember if it's in the book or not, but um, Simon's mom is a therapist as well. So yes. you're like, oh, you know that she's like a good mom and very understanding. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he has a, a, a dad who's just, I don't even know what he does. No. Actually, I don't know if they give him an occupation. Mm-hmm. What I love in the book, and they carry a little bit of this over into the movie, is that you kind of get a really good sense of the family dynamic. I agree. Like, they're always watching reality TV together. Like, they are talking about watching The Bachelorette. Yeah. Um, And other reality shows. And then, you know, when Alice and Nora are around, there's all these, like, memories that they have together, inside mm-hmm. jokes that are brought up a lot. Yeah. And I, I will say, too, I think I like the depiction of the dad better in the film. Yeah. I think in the book, he was, like, a little too much. He was just kind of too aggressively jokey and kind of yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. Whereas I think uh, the actor who played him in the film kind of struck a, more of a tolerable balance. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's his family life that we're introduced to Mm -hmm. and then his friend group. Yeah. Uh, there are his kind of like two lifelong friends, Leah and Nick. Mm -hmm. And they have an interesting dynamic because Leah seems to really be fawning over Nick. Yeah. But Nick has eyes for someone else. Mm -hmm. The new friend that's joined their group, Abby, who just transferred to their school, but has somehow already really clicked with both Simon and Nick. It seems like Nick might be into Abby. Yeah. um, Which is kind of a weirdness in their friend group because it feels like Leah might be a little jealous of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, Simon at least feels very close to Abby immediately, even though he hasn't known her very long. Yeah. I really love all their... uh, Nick's personality was a little weird for me to like pick up on in the book. Yeah. Like at first I just kind of saw him as being like kind of a fun laid back dude. But then at other points he was like weirdly spiritual and like oddly introspective. Yeah. And it kind of felt out of nowhere and I didn't quite get a grasp on that. Mm -hmm. But I really like Abby... Uh, you know, she's very bubbly. She's that girl that like literally every dude who meets her is in Wants love with to her. Date her. Yeah. Um, and she's very like kind of just like physical in a way that's like wanting to hold hands, like hug kind of yeah. be close to people. Um, and also Leah and something about Leah's character struck me as feeling like really accurate to high school. Yes. She's kind of, um, What's a good word for She's it? She's kind of always pissed off. Yeah. And it's a little bit off-putting, but I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Simon and Leah have obviously, obviously been friends for a long, long time because they've known each other since childhood. 
But like, I don't know if the dynamic is the most healthy. No. But then again, they're in high school. Yes. So I, I do feel like this is real to high school to where like you do have a lot of love and care and, you know, history with someone, but maybe things have just gotten a little bit toxic. Yeah. Like I really love at one point, Nick and Abby want to take Simon out. Yeah. Um, I forget for what purpose. Yeah. Um, but they were thinking like, should we invite Leah? And then Simon in his head is like, if we invite Leah, she's going to be just kind of like moody and not happy and kind yeah. of bringing down the whole vibe. But he also knows that if they don't invite her and she finds out, she'll be really upset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I think we all had friends like that. <laughs> yeah. That like if you invite them, they're going to be kind of a buzzkill, but then they'll also feel left out and angry if you do. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy of like them pushing people away. Yeah. Yeah. It feels real. And I think the book does try to balance Leah feeling like a real person and having her own issues, but also not being too unlikable. Yeah, I it's a really agree. tough balance, though. I also just like in this book because uh, then Nick Nick's on the soccer team. and He has a couple friends, Garrett and Bram. Um, there's other kids who are involved in the musical. Yeah. Um, it just feels like there's a lot of characters in this high school scenario. And Which I re- makes sense. Yeah. And I really love that because. I mean, high school is this really broad network of like a lot of different people. And you're thrown together with so many people that you would not choose. Yeah. And you just have to learn to interact with them. Like I love the girl Taylor who's just like a <laughs> diva on the in the play. Yeah. She's just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um and like you were saying, like the soccer friends and then Martin, of course, who we meet later. Yeah, and it just feels very accurate. Like when there's a high school story where it's just like the main character and like they're two friends, it sometimes feels like so kind of narrow, like too narrow of a scope. Yeah. Where it doesn't feel like really realistic in any kind of a way. So I think this book does a good job with that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Simon's deep secret. Uh, the fact that he's gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love the way the movie introduces this to us. I know. With him kind of gazing at this uh, landscape guy working yeah. across the street. And he's like, hi. <laughs> he tries to awkwardly introduce himself. So uh. funny. <laughs> but um, he ends up coming across a post on his school's Tumblr because I guess his school has their own Tumblr. Yeah, before Tumblr totally yeah died died completely yeah r.i.p tumblr r.i.p tumblr <laughs> um but there's a not like an anonymous post and he ends up emailing the poster because this person is talking about being closeted gay mm-hmm. um and then this kind of begins this secret email communication between simon and this mystery man and this mystery man goes by the name of blue and simon is signing his email as jacques yeah jacques just, just shock. Jocks, you know, <laughs> I know, jocks. I know French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they begin kind of this like ongoing email correspondence, just kind of getting to know each other. Obviously, like Simon knows this is someone who goes to his school and yeah. Blue knows that Simon's someone who goes to his school, but like they don't know each other's identities. So they're always kind of like this dynamic's really interesting. And, you know, Blue... T- Blue fuck. Um, <laughs> Simon talks about this in the book, kind of saying like 
Sometimes Blue is very guarded, not wanting to give up much personal information. But then at other points, he'll tell him all about like his childhood. Yeah. So there's kind of this interesting play of like how much information they're giving. Like, is this a sign that they're opening up? You know? Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because it's not just like someone you met randomly on the Internet, which... You know, a lot of people have met people either on Tumblr or Twitter or, you know, whatever social media platform, you know, teens use or even, you know, adults as well. You end up like befriending people online. But the fact that it's he knows that it's someone from his school is like this added layer. Yeah. Yeah. And it it plays really well. Uh, Unfortunately, Simon fucks up royally when he forgets to sign out of his Gmail account at school. And the worst human being in the world is the person who finds his open emails on the computer. Fucking Martin. Fucking Martin. Martin just takes a casual screenshot of this conversation after reading it. Yeah. And approaches Simon afterwards. And this is actually the point, and this is something I find really interesting between books and movies, is this is the point the book begins. Yeah. The book begins in this moment and then kind of goes back and reintroduces you to his friends. Mm -hmm. It kind of like subtly talks about this blue person that he's emailing, but you don't get the full context of that until like a little bit later when you find out about how they were put in touch with each other. Yeah. Um, And actually, I really love the opening line of this book. I think it's really (laughs) great. It goes, uh, it's a weirdly subtle conversation. I almost don't notice I'm being blackmailed. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love just the kind of the quirky, funny quality of that opening. Yeah. But it's when Martin starts talking to him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, you forgot to close out your email. And He mentions like that he's read it and then subtly mentions that he took a screenshot of it. Yeah. And then lays out his terms, essentially says, oh, you're friends with Abby, right? Maybe you could help me get to know her. I'd like to date her. And like that line says Mm -hmm. in the book, like it's subtle. And he like Simon says something about him blackmailing him. And he's like, I'm not blackmailing you. Like Martin doesn't want to admit that this is blackmail. But that's essentially what what he what it is. He is threatening to out Simon to the school if he doesn't help him get a date with Abby. And this is just so horrible. And it's worse because Martin doesn't even think it's that horrible. And it's worse because Simon decides to go along with it. Well, and also Martin's older brother's gay. Yeah. And he like mentions that multiple times. Like, oh, I should introduce you guys. And like, I'm like, dude, like, this how is like could someone you... being like, I have a black friend. Yes, it, it is that exact like same yeah. headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Simon agrees kind of to do this. And I think it's twofold. One, he doesn't want to be outed to the school yet. Yeah. And he's talked he talks about this in voiceover um, and in the book to, kind of saying like, He doesn't think it would necessarily be devastating or anything like he thinks his friends would be accepting. He knows there would be some issues with some kids, but like there's another kid in their class who's out Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. He knows his parents would ultimately be like accepting of him. Yeah. But he's just like not ready for it yet. Well, he knows everything is going to change. And that's so hard to wrap your mind around Mm -hmm. and to especially in high school and 
it's so hard to just find acceptance and kind of like your place in the high school world world sometimes. And so to have that totally shaken up is like really scary. He's also afraid of losing Blue, though. Yeah, he can tell Blue is very cautious in their emails with each other. Mm -hmm. And Simon's pretty convinced that like if this became known, like if their emails towards each each other had been like if they were leaked or anything like that, that Blue would just kind of like retreat and that yeah. he would lose all contact with him. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And I want to point this out, too, that like the movie versus the book has the characters of Simon and Martin very a little bit differently in each version. I feel like in the book, Martin is definitely a dweeb, but he's not like a total loser. Mm hmm. And Simon is also not super cool. Like, yeah. Simon feels like he has his niche with his friends, but he's not like a popular kid. Yeah. The movie kind of has them becoming more opposites, I feel like, of what they are. Like, mm. in the movie, Simon is like tall and handsome and seems very popular in the school. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know if he's supposed to be popular or not. I mean, it's one of those things where like, Yeah, he totally would be popular. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we also had a whole Spider-Man franchise where Andrew Garfield was like, I'm just like awkward Peter Parker. Well, and like the scene, though, where uh, Simon comes over to Martin's house and is like going through his stuff and trying to get him to like dress cooler. Yeah. Feels like to me very specifically telling us what their roles are in the school. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't I, I I don't necessarily think it's like too large of a, of a divergence, but I do see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the book just gets more time to kind of like talk about Martin's role. Yeah, because Martin is like this interesting character in terms of like he's kind of a class clown, but it's more people are like laughing at him. Yeah. But he's kind of just learned to embrace that and laugh with them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, he's like semi popular and he, he's like, he will like make a show out of anything for like attention. Yeah. Uh, so like that feels like a very specific and kind of real type of person, especially in high school. Yeah. And the movie is more like, he's just annoying and weird and people don't like him. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get quite as much of that, like, nuance of it, Mm -hmm. I would say. I think it's also important to talk about the fact that in this situation, while it's understandable that Simon agrees to go along with this, he is prioritizing his own selfish needs over his friend, like, trying to set up his friend with someone Someone that's blackmailing him. Yeah. Like, he knows that Martin is a bad person, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but I'm still willing to try to get you with someone that I say is my friend. Yeah. You know? So, like, I'm not saying that it's totally, like, the worst thing in the world, but I do think he is making a selfish choice here. I agree. Well, and here's where it really falls apart for me, because, like, you know, just thinking, like, purely in a cold, analytical type way with this... If I'm Simon, I would tell Martin, like, hey, Martin, like, I'm not helping you. If you want to leak my emails, go ahead. But guess what? Like, do you think Abby is going to want anything to do with you? Once I tell her. if she, When she finds mm-hmm. out that, like, you publicly outed me to, like, the entire school. Because yeah. I'll tell her yeah. if you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really 
and even yes like even though it seems like martin has mm-hmm. power over simon he really doesn't yeah and i think anyone like this whole thing goes on over the course of months in the story i think anyone in simon's position would like consider that at some point and be like he doesn't have any control over yeah. me like if his real goal is to get abby like I can ruin that at any time. Yeah, I li- Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it kind of feels like of a, a bit of a flimsy setup, especially for like how long this like situation goes on for. I agree. So, kind of um, the stage of a lot of this action, <laughs> if you will, is the play that uh, a lot of the characters are involved in, specifically Abby, Martin, and Simon. Mm-hmm. In the book, they are doing Oliver. Yeah. In the movie, they are doing cabaret. Mm-hmm. We get a really awesome character in the teacher, Mrs. Miss Albright, um, who is super sassy in the movie. I love her. Oh, she's fantastic. Um, but she's also kind of like a fun teacher in the book too. She'll like, she'll like swear maybe yeah. in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. She doesn't take any shit from anybody. We also have this very cute boy that's in the play, Cal. Yeah, who Simon is like. Maybe he's blue. He's like super cute and his, I could totally date him. His endless ocean eyes. <laughs> yeah. And this is a fun dynamic in both versions. Like this kind of this idea of like, who is it? Like it yeah. could be anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's talk about Halloween. Halloween. A time for kids to, you know, either put absolutely no effort into a costume <laughs> or like a lot of effort, but yeah. it like better be good. Yeah. I love the costumes in the movie. Yeah. They're so good. I love that uh, Simon and Leah show up as John and Yoko. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, their costumes are really good. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny because like Simon for the most part, I don't know. He seems a little introverted or more introverted in the uh, in the film. Yeah. But in this Halloween aspect, like his costume is very like fun and kind of outgoing. And mm-hmm. then like he gets drunk at the party and is like doing karaoke. And yeah, like, ends up having kind of a, a good time. Yeah. He's kind of pushing his boundaries a little bit, I'd say. Yeah. And at this point in the movie, he is kind of like, oh, maybe Bram, this guy that's on the soccer team with Nick is blue and is sort of like trying to see if there may be the same person. And so he ends up playing like a drinking game with Bram. He loops Martin in and Abby in on it because he's trying to get the two of them together. Apparently, (laughs) which by the way, um, the costume that Martin wears in the film was mentioned in the book, but it wasn't Martin's costume. Yeah. It was just a funny costume like a freshman was wearing. Mm-hmm. But I loved the idea to give Martin that costume in the film because it is like the perfect amount of like pretentious, pretentious, like, oh, it's like kind of funny, but also like really pretentious and kind of obnoxious. Yeah. And just seeing Martin with that like gray goatee the entire night. Yes. The Freudian slip. The Freudian slip. And Simon <laughs> tells him he looks like a... Uh, a drag queen who rolled around in magnetic poetry. <laughs> it's great. It's pretty good. But he and Bram seems like seem like they're getting along, like sparks yeah. might be flying until Simon walks in in one of the rooms and Bram is making out with a girl. Yeah. So he's Which like, is devastating. Check that off the list. It's not Bram. Which, by the way, also shout out to Bram's costume, which was... Um, Oh, yeah. Post. Post-presidency Barack Obama. So yes. he was like in a Hawaiian shirt and a like <laughs> straw hat, which yeah. 
by the way, this movie came out 2018 mm-hmm. and there were mentions of like Donald Trump and everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, he was president so long. <laughs> like it felt like a long time, but I told you, you know, I also feel like my brain just compressed yeah. all that time into one like terrible kernel. <laughs> so I actually forget. I'm like, that was four years yep. of our lives that Trump was president. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> At another point, Simon calls uh, Martin's phone. And of course, Martin's voicemail is him doing a terrible Donald Trump impression. Oh, my God. And I'm like, that is like the perfect level of obnoxiousness for martin yeah he's he's like super obnoxious at the party too and ends up like vomiting on simon in the movie (laughs) on simon's white suit yeah it's Uh. so bad but um in the book it's more of a chill halloween party like not a lot goes on and in fact the only thing i want to mention from it is that nick is one of those guitar bros oh my god yes he just gets his guitar out and starts playing at parties and honestly it's awful. If you do this, stop doing it. It's terrible. Nobody wants to hear you play guitar unless you're like actually at a thing to play your guitar. If like you're a being thing for you to play the guitar. If you're being paid to play your guitar. <laughs> or if it's like a show or something. Yes. Yeah. Only excuses. Otherwise, don't bring your guitar to parties and just play it for people. It's I, stupid. I feel like this was only a thing I really encountered in college. I, know. I don't think it happened like that much in high school. Like I'm sure it did at some places. Yeah. But I didn't run into that nearly as much as um <laughs> in high school. But oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I did think the book party though captured what those parties did feel like. Yeah. And even Simon was saying, like, this isn't the usual party I'm at, where, where, where it's like you show up to a friend's house and the mom shows you down to the basement where there's like a table of chips and like yeah. some people are playing video games and I'm like, oh my God, this is every party I ever <laughs> went to in high school down in my friend's basement. <laughs> uh, yes. So Halloween. Yes. It happens. Halloween happened. Um, but let's talk about the emails, though. What yes. about the emails? The emails are uh, continuing hot and fast. Yeah. Uh, once again with them, like kind of vaguely describing what they might be wearing, but not wanting to like divulge all that information. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Cause like so much of the book are these emails back and forth. Yeah. Like you really just get like hints of it in the film and you understand like, okay, they like you, you, you get the idea that they really are connected and know each other. Yeah. Um, but I think the book gives you that feeling so much more because you read so many of those emails they send. Yeah, it's a lot of back and forth between them. And in the movie, I think it is cool, though, how Simon imagines uh, Blue as different people. Yes, in the movie. I, I like that, too. So for a while, he imagines him as just like a stock photo white guy. I, I was going to say... <laughs> At first, I was not into it yeah, because like, I hated that. Photo. Yes, <laughs> but then he's like, "Oh, it might be Bram," and then he starts imagining the letters written like from Bram. Bram's voice. He sees Bram, um, but then he's like, "Okay, it's not Bram." And then he's like, "Well, is it this guy?" And he starts imagining it with this guy, and so all the scenarios are kind of with this new guy that he's thinking might be blue. It's a really great way to apply visuals to those moments when it's just like emails being read. Yeah. Speaking of like the visuals in the film, though, I 
hated so much the way they showed the actual like emailing yeah of the screens it felt so lazy mm-hmm. and just like I, I would have rather just had like the camera showing like an actual screen with like the kind of graininess of the pixels and like yeah. instead of like this cheap after effects kind of like motiony zoom in like there were so many zoom ins it made me laugh because in the film uh Simon is critiquing this movie his dad oh, made yeah, and yeah. he said like this looks like a really like a painfully average fourth grader made this. <laughs> and I kind of felt that way about like these email parts. Yeah. I'm like, these are so low effort and they just like pull me out of the movie like immediately. Yeah. What I do love though, is there's a couple scenes that are Simon imagining different scenarios though. Mm-hmm. And these were fun kind of keeping us in Simon's imagination. And as for tying into the book, they do tie into like conversations he has with blue over email. One of them being like, why do only gay people have to come out? Why can't, why doesn't everyone have to have a coming out conversation? And this is like an email that they have back and forth. And then we actually get a scene like this in the movie. I loved the different kids, the (laughs) characters from the film, like Nick and Abby coming out to their family is straight. Yeah. I just thought it was so really absurd. (laughs) And I mean, like it, it was funny to us. I think like, I don't know, maybe if someone is, you know, queer and has had a bad experience coming out to family, like it might not be funny to you. And yeah, I could totally get that. Mm -hmm. Um, from our perspective, I mean, like I thought it applied that, like that overreaction to that kind of like absurd idea. Yeah. Effectively for comedic effect. But uh, I I don't know if for everyone. That's a good point. Um, There's another scene, too, with Simon imagining what it'd be like for him at college. Yes. Because he thinks it would be easier to be out at college, which is probably what a lot of people go through because it I'm sure it is much easier. Not only is it sometimes a more tolerant environment, but you're meeting new people. You get to reinvent yourself anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's a good place to kind of do something you've been meaning to try or to come out. And so there's like this dance scene. It's really fun. It is. Here's the thing, though. It could have been a lot gayer. Yes, I agree. Like, it's pretty tame. It's just like people in rainbow colors, like doing this choreographed yeah, dance. Yeah, what about like people like making out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it could have been a lot gayer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe this is just like the after effect of um, having watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> but like, I think we really could have upped it a You're lot. Like if they could do this in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why are we not doing this get, in the 2020s? Get some corsets on them. Yeah. Get some uh, stockings. <laughs> some yeah. stilettos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I felt like that was like maybe a little too tame slash they could have done like more with that. I yeah. Think. Also around this time, Simon and Blue start signing off their emails with love. Mm. Dramatic. (laughs) You know, credit to the film, because like when knowing the plot of the movie or the story in general, knowing that the movie is called Love, Simon, I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's going to end with him writing some kind of letter and then finally signing it with his own name. And that's going to be like the cathartic moment. Yeah. Uh, And there is that. But the movie does. It plays it really subtly, like almost like not even like any acknowledgement of it. So yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out. So I was like, well, I was waiting for that moment where he like writes like uh, from Jacques and then he like backspaces. And yeah. He's like, and he's no. Like, Love. Simon. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't do it. 
It's not a critique because it doesn't do it. So <laughs> let's go to Waffle House. Have you ever been to a Waffle House? I think we went when we visited our friends in Georgia. Wait, we both went? Yeah, didn't we go? Oh. Oh, maybe we did. Didn't they take us when we went? We might have. I should ask Kyle. I forget. I don't remember at all. <laughs> it is more of a South thing, so yeah. we haven't had many encounters with Waffle Houses. But yeah. I had been thinking I'd never been to one, but maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally imagining Maybe everything this. I know is a lie. <laughs> uh, they go to Waffle House. They go to Waffle House. Simon gets the idea, because Martin is still pressuring him, of, hey... Let me ask Abby if she wants to come with me and Martin to Waffle House to practice our lines for the musical. Yeah. And in the book, it's sort of like an ongoing thing. Like they go every so often. Yeah. And it feels like even though Martin is being kind of weird and like clearly trying to get with Abby, it's not like the worst situation. Mm -hmm. Like they are still running their lines and Martin isn't being like, too creepy towards Abby. Yeah. Versus the movie. I still didn't really buy it though. Yeah. It just felt like an excuse because like, okay, things can't be so bad between Abby and Martin because then Simon should feel like a total shit for doing this. Yeah. So things have to be like kind of good with them. Yeah. To give Simon like maybe some false hope or at least not feeling bad about this. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't buy these two connecting to any degree. No. That's And the movie scene is super weird, too, because they try to make it seem like she's not totally hating Martin. Martin, like, makes a huge scene yeah. in the Waffle House and is like, she's a strong, independent woman who doesn't need no man, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just, I get the intent of the scene, like, Martin being so over the top that, like, they're... I'm sure there's some context where that could be endearing. Yeah. I just don't think this scene nails it. No, it's super weird. And like, then they're like, oh, and then Abby and Martin are kind of getting along. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, I would shrivel up and die in that Waffle House. I know. If I was with them during that scene. And I feel God in this Waffle House tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sir, this is a Waffle House. <laughs> Um, oh, but the Waffle House guy, though. Oh, the the hot Waffle House. The Waffle House man. The Waffle Man. <laughs> uh, in the movie, anyway, Simon is like, oh, this Waffle House guy is kind of cute, and he's being very, like, friendly with me. Maybe he's blue. And then imagines that the Waffle House guy is blue for a while until the Waffle House guy is like, hey, do you think you could introduce me to your friend Abby? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved the way that was kind of dropped on Simon. Yeah, I I think this idea of like him, I think there's like, I think it happens with three different people. It happens with Bram, Waffle House guy, and then Cal later. Mm -hmm. And kind of it, it feels almost like... um, some kind of blind dating show type setup yeah. where it's like, is it this guy? Is it this contestant guy? Contestant number one, contestant yeah. number two. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of fun. It gives it like a fun. Uh, and and to be fair, I hadn't finished reading the book when we watched the movie. So I actually didn't know who it was. Yeah. At this point, I should have. I was more confused reading the book by one character in particular, but like, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I really wasn't certain or if the movie would even go along with the book anyway. Yeah. Cause the movie can always change it. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I wasn't sure either what the movie would do. What's happening. What's happening next? Uh, Oh, Simon is in the car with Abby. I forget if it's the same in both versions, but in the film, they're coming back from the waffle house. Mm-hmm. 
And Simon kind of unexpectedly comes out to Abby in this moment. It's really interesting because I think this coming out is very tied to his relationship with Blue. Mm -hmm. Because they've been talking a lot over email and Blue has said, I think I want to come out to my family. Mm -hmm. Or at least try to come out to either my dad or my mom. And he's like, I'm going to try to do it. And knowing that Blue is doing it makes Simon feel like he could try. Yeah. And it's interesting his reasoning for coming out to Abby as well, because he feels very close to her, but she's also known him the least amount of time among his friends. Yeah. So for him, that feels really important. And that feels like she might be, she might be the most open to a changing in perception of him. I think this book does a really good job of relating Simon's feelings to straight readers as well. Yeah. Through kind of like shared, I'd say like high school experience. Yeah. Like one thing Simon talks about is like being annoyed with his parents because his parents always overreact to any change Simon makes in his life. Yeah. Like, oh, Simon has a cup of coffee at home and his parents are like, you drink coffee? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like sometimes. Or like he had a girlfriend earlier and they were like super like interested and wanted to hear everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of people can relate to that, even if your parents aren't that extreme about it. But just that idea of feeling like, you don't want to be set your identity set in anyone's minds necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I think that's tied heavily in the story to Simon coming out is Mm -hmm. like, he doesn't like there is this image people have of him and like, he doesn't want that to be his identity, but also tearing that down is really scary. Yeah. So I, I, I think it was all really effective and I don't know, it was stirring up feelings I had in high school. Yeah. And insecurities I had. I agree. So, As we all knew it would, the situation with Martin escalates and just implodes, basically. Yeah. uh, So in the book, they're, you know, having their play practices, hanging out, all kind of getting along. And Martin asks out Abby to the homecoming dance, but Mm -hmm. she's already got a date. And so he's kind of like shut down by that. And on top of that, Martin sees Simon and Abby hanging out and just being very kind of intimate with each other, kind of affectionate. Yeah. Which, like, Martin knows Knows Simon Simon is gay. gay. I know. But, like, for some reason... Maybe he thinks Abby doesn't know. Maybe. And Simon's trying to, like, encourage Abby. Maybe. I don't know. Somehow, though, Martin feels slighted by this. Yeah. And angered. Uh. To the extent that he decides to make a Tumblr post outing Simon. Mm-hmm. The movie is different because it is very dramatic. They're at the homecoming game. It's like a football game. The whole school is there. And Martin is like, I know I'm going to jump like on stage, essentially grab the mic and interrupt the national anthem. <laughs> there is something about him interrupting the national anthem that is so funny to me. Like, that is like, I think because, you know, on like one hand, it seems like such a taboo kind of like no-no to do is to interrupt the national anthem. But also Martin is so like self-absorbed that like he wouldn't yeah. even think about that. No. 
Um, and also he's in the uh, school's bear mascot outfit, which just like adds to the humor. Yeah. And he decides to ask Abby out in front of the whole school. And she is clearly embarrassed and is like, I'm just not into you that way. There are doves. Oh, my God, the doves. (laughs) Which, like, Simon had kind of, like, semi-encouraged this. I think he was kind of just done with Martin, but was just like, go big or go home. Like, just fucking do it. Like, I don't care anymore. And kind of. So Martin takes this as, like, encouragement to do this. But he had already planned it. Like, he he was already going to do it. Well, that's true. If he had the doves. Yeah. Yeah, I (laughs) thought it was, like, an impromptu thing. Yeah, the doves... But the doves suggest, imply otherwise. The do- doves suggest, what is it? What do they call it? Like with um, murder? Oh, oh, uh, um, premeditated. <laughs> yeah, it's a premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> a premeditated uh, That's da- the evidence dating proposal. That I present. That in court. is true. <laughs> Exhibit A <laughs> The doves. The doves. Uh, yeah, this scene is like really cringy, but like ultimately like pretty funny and i love the principal's reaction where yeah. he kind of is like oh my god this is awful and he's like <laughs> please say yes to abby and she yeah. like obviously does it but then he's like applauding martin he's like good try buddy or yeah. something like that <laughs> of course like martin gets like ruthlessly uh made fun of online and he kind of reacts to this by outing Simon. And he not only outs Simon like he does in the book, he also posts the screenshots of the emails. Yeah. Which he does not do in the book. And you know, it's funny because I always expect movies to kind of like do a, do a more, um, like a bigger scene yeah. with certain things. So like this whole asking Abby out and being rejected publicly in this big, you know, high school football game. Like, yeah. N- like, I, I'm not surprised by it all, like, in the film version. But I actually think, like, even though it fits in more with the movie, I think it actually just... Scratch it. It does not justify what Martin did. No. But it explains it better because, like, it, it gives Martin more reason to be, like, really upset. Yeah. And also, because everyone's making fun of him online, it makes sense that he would, like, want to throw something else online that would like distract people from making yeah. fun of him. Yeah. So like, I think it gave him more motivation to do it. Cause in the book, it's like, I just didn't understand in the book why he yeah. eventually did that. It kind of felt like he was like triggered by like absolutely nothing to like do this really awful thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, I do to a degree believe that Martin probably didn't have any intent to actually post any of that online yeah um or at least it felt that way in the book like obviously simon couldn't take that risk Mm -hmm. but i think the movie rationale kind of gives a better explanation as to like why he would have been pushed to do that his reasoning i guess yeah yeah um simon though realizes that this has happened the whole school has probably seen it and it's really upsetting for him because he realizes that he needs to come out to his family like right now. And it's also Christmas. Um, and he does come out to his parents and to his sister or sisters in the book. And his family is super supportive. Um, his dad does make some cringy jokes, like clearly trying to make the mood light, but it's just, 
It's not good. Yeah, I, I really like the way that played out in... Because I think the book, similarly, he makes some bad jokes and everyone's like, eh. Yeah. But I really like in the film, he makes some bad jokes and everyone's kind of like, dude. And he kind of... Yeah. I, like, I think he definitely understands he shouldn't have said that and that like he's obviously absorbing all of this and he kind of like he doesn't storm off but he leaves the room yeah and i kind of just felt like that vibe was really appropriate and similar the scenes where simon is in the film is reading Mm -hmm. the stuff on tumblr and realizing he's been outed i think the movie captures the intensity of his feelings in that moment really effectively too yeah i agree And then the book and the movie handle the fallout of this a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to talk about the the book first. Um, He ends up coming out to Nick and Leah. um, And obviously they've seen the Tumblr post and he's just like, it's true. Um, But they're very supportive of him. Yeah. And then when he goes back to school after winter break, it's super uncomfortable. But... He does get a lot of support from his friends and also just his acquaintances, like people he knows in the play. Some people he doesn't really know come up to him and are like, you know what? Um, I really support you. Just want you to know that I have your back. That type of thing. There is one line where like he said one girl wanted to reassure him that Jesus still loved him anyway, (laughs) which I thought was so funny. I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think the book captured like kind of the nuance of this, at least like in more of a modern setting where it's like, it's really a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. Like it's certainly not all bad. Like I'm sure it would have been 10, you know, years ago, 20 years ago. And I mean, it really depends on where you live too. Like he lives in Georgia, but he also lives pretty close to Atlanta. So that dynamic, that environment is going to be very different from like super rural Georgia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he does face some bullying and, just homophobia from people who it just seems like have nothing better to do. Like they're not really out to get him. They just think it's funny and they want to torment him for a while. That's the thing about bullying that I think almost every movie gets wrong. Yeah. Is the fact that like bullies are always made out to be like really malicious. Targeting people. Yeah. And it's about them like I'm going to destroy you and make your life a living hell because I have repressed feelings about blah. Yeah. But it's always usually just to like they want to make their friends laugh and they don't care about you. Yeah. And it's like whatever is most convenient. Exactly. And whoever's around. Yeah. And like the thing with Simon is on everybody's mind. And so he is facing people making fun of him, you know, causing scenes, you know, making jokes. But he does have a lot of support from his teacher, um, Miss Albright in the play and also his friends who are very ready to defend him. Yeah. And... We also get the Martin confrontation, too, where, and this plays out similarly in both versions, where yeah. Martin approaches Simon in the parking lot and kind of makes a really, I don't want to say a half-assed apology. I mean, it is. I think the book really shows that he's like clearly regretting what he did. Yeah. Like, and trying to make it seem like it's, he didn't mean to, and it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a super awkward situation. And clearly Martin just wants it to all be okay and to go away and to not face like what he actually did to Simon. 
So I just want to read a portion of the book here because I think Simon really captures the nuance of this situation. And so here's what Simon is saying. And you know what? You don't get to say it's not a thing. It's not a big thing. This is a big fucking thing, okay? This was supposed to be, this is mine. I'm supposed to decide when and where and who knows and how I want to say it. Suddenly my throat gets thick. So yeah, you took that from me. And then you brought blue into it? Seriously? You fucking suck, Martin. I mean, I don't even want to look at you. He's crying. He's trying not to, but he's seriously full on crying. And my heart sort of twists. So can you step away from my car, I say, and leave me the fuck alone? He nods, puts his head down, and walks away quickly. I get in my car and turn it on. And then I just start sobbing. And I love this scene so much because it's not like, oh, Simon owns him. Like, totally, like, puts him down. It's like that jerk. It's just very emotional in many ways. Like, there's so many emotions going on here. There's anger, frustration, sadness, and regret. And, like, you know that Martin does mean it when he says he's sorry. I think Martin captures this kind of, like, immature, like, this reactionary immaturity where, like, he just kind of lashed out without Mm -hmm. thinking anything through. And, like, I think he does deeply regret what he did. Yeah. But it's like, well... I'm sorry, but you fucked up. Like, there's yeah. nothing I can do to, like, I'm not going to try to make you feel better. But, no. like, you do kind of, like, pity him to a degree because he's just fucking dumb. Yeah, but you feel so... And I love that Simon is able to just articulate this, that this is something that Martin took from him. Yeah. Like, that physically took from him. Like, it's a literal, like, something ripped from him emotionally. And it's just... It's so devastating when you think mm-hmm. about that. And you're like... He lost that and he never gets to get that back because of one selfish guy, yeah. you know? Um, but it's such a great, such a great scene. I feel like it, and it plays out similarly in the movie as well, but I just feel like it's super nuanced and it feels very real. Yeah. I think it does capture the complexity of like this situation, like really effectively. Yeah. It's also the movie gets to use it's one fuck. Yeah. I mean, some movies under PG-13 get away with two fucks, Mm -hmm. but you get at least one. Yeah. And the movie used it here when he says, just get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Appropriate. Yes. And this is something I I wanted to bring up here because, like, you know, we've read a few high school stories now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did the whole um, To All the Boys trilogy. Yeah. And that... Story also did capture somewhat of a realistic high school, but the character of Laura Jean was very sheltered in a lot of ways. Very goody-goody. Yeah, so it did feel like a um, watered-down... Like a Pinterest version of high school. (laughs) Yeah, yes, that's a wow. That's a great way of putting it. So I feel like this book was a little bit more of a raw, realistic... This is the Tumblr version of high school. (laughs) (laughs) These are just social media references. (laughs) They're accurate, though. Uh, Or, well, 2018 version of Tumblr of high school. Yes. Um, But, like, you know, there's plenty of swearing in the book. There's a scene where Simon is, like, thinking about Blue getting turned on and, like, masturbates. Yeah. There's other allusions to him, like, masturbating as well. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's really unfortunate that movies, especially about high school, have to cut this really specific line 
yeah. of like, oh, we can only say fuck once and mm-hmm. we like can't show this thing or we can't do this thing. It either it either has to be like a raunchy R-rated high school comedy. Yeah, like or, super bad or book smart. Yeah, or like a more restrained uh high school story. Well, and you take the you know, The Hate You Give, which we also did an episode on. Yes. And that's a book that is very raw and feels very realistic to how teens talk, how teens relate to each other. Um, but again, they only got, they were actually able to do two fucks, uh, but only because it was very important to the plot. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. I do remember they got two fucks. Yeah, but it's only because it's so important to the plot. Um, but like, it didn't get to pull what the book had, which was just... Their friend, like the friends talking together, just like the family dynamics, the seriousness of what was going on in their lives. It felt like it was so sanitized for the film. Well, it's tough for the filmmakers, too, because like this movie, like ideally will have the best impact on kids in high school, especially kids who are like queer or maybe still closeted Mm -hmm. and like. You want those kids to be able to see the movies so legally, you, legally, <laughs> so you don't want to like create barriers for them by making it R-rated. So yeah. it's like you're sacrificing. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, you have to say fuck at least 18 times for it to be accurate to high school, but no. like, there is kind of a um a barrier that's created by the rating system that's like so arbitrary and dumb mm-hmm. and kind of ends up sanitizing like the high school experience a lot. And it's interesting that books can be more explicit for Absolutely. younger audiences. Like this is a YA book, but it's just like pretty liberal with its cursing and yeah. its depictions of sexuality and everything, which I mean mm-hmm. I think is great and important. I agree. I just think that's a really funny, interesting uh, difference between books and movies, specifically for like high school YA stories. Yeah, that's a really good point. In the movie, all of this fallout with Simon coming, like being outed to the school is a lot more dramatic because things that happen in the book happen all at the same time in the movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man. So he has to come out to his parents and yeah. his family. And then, and this is all over winter break. Mm-hmm. So then they're going back to school and Simon goes to like talk to Nick and Leah and Abby. And they're kind of weird towards him. Yeah. And he finds out Nick and Abby are dating now, even though like, so Simon at this point has told Nick that Abby likes a college guy. Yeah. And has told him that she likes Martin. And then has said, actually, Leah likes you, and I think you should date Leah. Yeah. And so he shows up, and now Nick's dating Abby, and he's like, what's going on? And they kind of confront him. They're like, hey. We, Remember when you lied to us? Yeah, we all put our stories together and found out that you've just been telling lies about each of us to each other. Like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and mind you that, like, Simon was just outed over Tumblr. He hasn't even been back to school yet. Yeah. And this is like all before the first day back. But he mm-hmm. like tells them like, listen, Mar- this was the situation. Yeah, Martin found these emails. He was threatening to out me publicly. And he made me try to like win Abby over for him. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. And this was like my biggest beef and problem with the film. Yeah. It felt like it was trying to make things too dramatic for Simon all at once. Like I can't imagine 
being completely outed to your whole school and to then have your friends reject you. And like Leah's mad at him because Leah had a crush on him the whole time and not Nick. And then she was like, and then you just tried to pawn Nick off on me. And like, how could you do that to me? Um, In the book, Leah doesn't like Simon at all. She's still kind of hung up on Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like not even a dynamic in the book. But like, I don't know. I I totally understand why they would be upset about what happened, specifically because Simon in the movie is a lot more proactive about him, like kind of fucking with his friends relationships. Yeah. But he was being fucking blackmailed. Yeah. Over something that like in his mind was like his deepest secret. Mm hmm. And And then for them not to support him when he goes back to school, because that first day back at school, they won't like he doesn't sit with them at lunch. They're not going to school together. They're not talking to him. No. So when he's facing this bullying that's happening at school, even though it's not too bad, all things considered, I'm not trying to say it's not bad. um, He's not getting any support. No. And it's like, I don't know. Like, like you said, it felt like it was trying to up the, um drama of the situation and like oh he doesn't have anyone in his corner anymore and this is like the big third act like predicament for him but i'm just like you don't it's dramatic enough okay his friends don't need to be against him and i think it would have been much more emotionally um poignant if his friends were like upset with him but also like Simon, why didn't you tell us? And like, you know what I mean? And like, we could have helped you figure this out. Yeah. And instead we're like there for him and like dealing with their own shit with all this. Well, maybe being like, you know, it's not okay that you did this and we're not cool, but like, we're still going to be here for you. Yeah. You know, it just felt like a really immature reaction from them. Yeah. And I think it could have been like a really sweet and touching moment that like they could have been. But they could have gotten past this or at least been willing to like be there for Simon despite all that. Yeah. Instead, in the movie, we get some supportive scenes with the teacher, Miss Albright. And then also Simon gets to connect to the kid in his school who is gay and is out. Yeah. Ethan. Um, and they have a good conversation together where Ethan is kind of saying like, People think it's easy for me, but I had to do this all by myself and you could have talked to me about this and just kind of showing that like Simon did have people he could have turned to like we were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really love that. Ethan is such an amazing character. I know. He's like always getting like shit talked and like, you know, throwing all this like queer homophobic like jokes thrown at him throughout the story but he's always like so quick with like a burn that is so deep it's so good but i love this moment because he kind of shows that like how much work it is for him to do that yeah it's not just if it seems easy it's he's not not just like the sassy gay friend like he's a person yeah 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 i i i really loved that they got this like little moment together Mm -hmm. in the book i think the uh the way the confrontation is handled is much better because and this is so this is a while after uh, Simon has been outed to the school. It's not like at the exact same time. It's a little later when Abby finds out that um, Simon has been trying to put her and Nick together. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, her and (laughs) Martin together. Mm -hmm. And 
because he notices she's kind of being quiet and kind of like standoffish toward him. And she tells him, like, I know Martin told me everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm just kind of upset. Like, you should know more than anyone that you can't force love onto someone. Yeah, I just want to read part of the yeah. part of the book here. Um, she says, it's just, you know, I get that you were in a difficult position because he explains to her like the blackmailing thing. But you don't get to make the decisions about my love life. I choose who to date. She shrugs. I would think you would understand that. And, you know, she's not making a big deal about it. She's mm-hmm. not, like, publicly disowning him. But she's just kind of like, this is shitty. Yeah. That you did this. And you thought that you could kind of choose for me or make me choose someone that I wasn't interested in because of your own selfish reasons. And I just love uh, that she calls him out. Yes, she calls him out. And I think she she kind of like I think needs her space. Yeah, is kind of what I get from the situation. She tells him because they're getting ready for the production. The, yeah. the play their opening night. And she says, like, maybe you should get someone else to do your makeup tomorrow night. Yeah. And it doesn't come across like we're done. Yeah. But like, it's just like I need some space from this right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like a much more like reasonable, like standpoint i think for her character in this situation it's not like she's disowning him it's not making it to be much more dramatic than it necessarily needs to be Mm -hmm. uh so yeah i thought the book just handled that moment like a lot better yeah and he also has some like of a falling out with leah too because of the whole situation where he like goes out with Nick and Abby together and they don't invite Leah. And then she's pissed about it. And then she's also pissed that he came out to Abby first and not to her. And so it just feels like, like we were talking about earlier, this like old friend dynamic and just her feeling super excluded and left out from their new friend group. Yeah. I have to make one comment here in regards to the book, which is that their opening night of the play, and I've seen this depicted in other movies, their opening night of the play is in front of the school. Oh, yeah. Like, during class time. <laughs> like, so the, the whole auditorium is just students. Yeah. I cannot imagine a more nightmarish scenario. <laughs> I, I did one play in high school, uh, and it was on stage crew for another. But, like, I cannot imagine that our opening night was in front of, like hundreds of just annoyed teenagers who who, don't want to be there don't want to be there who give zero fucks about like what you're doing (laughs) and will probably you don't even have any parents in the audience who are like oh look at little bobby on stage no (laughs) none of that so like i don't know if this is a thing that like other high schools it's common to do yeah but i'm like that would be awful i would hate that terrible way to start it out too. yes (laughs) (laughs) um but With all of the school kind of knowing that Simon is gay, Blue is like, hey, I know that you're Simon. Like, I figured it out. Yeah. Um, And this is kind of weird for them because Blue is kind of, I I think what Simon feared would happen is happening. Blue is a little bit spooked. Yeah. And in the film, he's actually like blocked his email address. So he can't like email him anymore. The book is a little more gradual and it feels like the two of them are disconnecting a bit over this. Yeah. Um, Which is really scary for Simon because he is feeling like he's losing Blue and he feels like he's in love with him, even though he's never met him. 
Uh, Simon is also like really dumb in the book though, because at one point he thinks that Martin might be blue. Oh my God. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing you've ever thought. <laughs> <laughs> there is something that's like kind of funny though about it is because like, I feel like if you were in this situation, you would be considering like, You'd be like, oh my God, what if it's Martin? <laughs> anyone. Yeah. You're right. If it would, Mar- if it was Martin, I would like jump off the roof. Like I would not be able to handle that. <laughs> But I, I, it is stupid, but I'm like, I also kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Simon gets some moments, though, with his parents, um, kind of dealing with the fallout of his coming out. Yeah. Uh, his mom, Jennifer Gardner, mm-hmm. being perfect, gives this like really great speech. Yeah. And from what I understand, this wasn't in the original script, but Jennifer Gardner was like, hey, I kind of feel like there could be a moment between us, like something to kind of like yeah. pull from. And like, I think it ended up being like a really sweet moment and mm-hmm. was really effective. But for me, the scene he has with his dad yeah, was so touching mm-hmm. and like sad because the dad kind of, and this is, you know, a little while after he's come out, but yeah. like they're outside and, and his dad asks him like how long he's known that he's gay. And I yeah. think Simon says like four years and the dad just kind of has this moment where he kind of is like, he kind of starts crying and mm-hmm. it's just like, it's been four, like four years you felt this way and you felt like you haven't been able to talk to us. And I know that like my lame, like semi-homophobic jokes have been like a part of that. Like, I know that didn't help. That might not have been the only reason, but like, yeah, I've missed out on this part of your life for this long. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's just, I, I, I don't know. I think, um. It's just like a, a a display of tender masculinity. Yeah. Like him kind of being able to be so like Emotional. emotionally vulnerable with his son. Yeah. And them kind of like reconciling over this moment. Because I feel like a lot of movies would be like the stoic dad being like, all right, I can maybe uh, I can maybe yeah. get behind this whole gay thing. Uh. Well, and I like too that he takes responsibility. He's not like you kept this from us from so long. He's like. How could I not notice yeah. this about you? How could I not have made you feel safe in telling us? You know, he does. He takes responsibility. He's not. He's not reacting to this uh, this announcement with defensiveness. No. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. This scene just like really I thought was like very touching because mm-hmm. I mean you knew Jennifer Gardner was gonna oh, be oh yeah she was gonna like, kill it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> her emotional mom scene was gonna be great when she steps up to bat you know she's gonna knock it out of the park exactly uh, but the dad scene I think like caught me a little bit more off guard with how just like emotionally vulnerable it was yeah and I just want to point out too the book has a good scene with the mom. It's a little bit different from the movie scene where he kind of says, Simon says something to his mom about how like he didn't want it to be a big deal. And like we were talking about earlier, like everything he does seems like a big deal. And his mom says something like, I'm so sorry that we made you feel that way. And then just kind of mentions like when you have a kid, everything is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And you're a part of every little thing that happens to them and you're right there to see it. And then they get older and they start living their life on their own and suddenly things start happening and they start changing and you don't even notice. And it, it starts feeling like you're not a part of it anymore. Yeah. And so then when, when things do change, she's like, oh my God, you're, you're drinking coffee now because it's like, I didn't know that about you before. Yeah. Just kind of tying it to like being a parent 
and feeling scared to see your kid grow up and become their own person. And I felt like this was a moment where Simon and his mom were really getting to see each other's perspectives a bit. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think parents of teenagers are in a no-win situation because like, if they do react yeah. with like interest <laughs> and questions, the kid's like, oh, mom. You're making it a big deal. Uh, but like if they are just like too casual and disinterested, the kid's like, just run away. My parents wouldn't even notice. <laughs> that is a teen thing to say. <laughs> like it's only going to be like one extreme or the other. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are we in the story? Well, Simon in the movie decides to make a Tumblr post that where he comes out publicly. I like this in the movie and I kind of like this for his character that he was outed, but now he's kind of owning it a bit more for himself. Yeah, I th- I, I, I agree. I really like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. He also kind of sends out an invitation to Blue and is like, you know, I think I know things are weird between us, but I want to meet you like I really care about you. I think we can make this work you know, meet me at the carnival. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he just ends it like, you'll know where to find me. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? I don't get it. But then I realized I'm like, oh, because of the Ferris wheel, because Blue made some allusion to that in his pop- original Tumblr post. But I'm like, that is way too vague. I would not. I would be like, I will be on the Ferris wheel from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. Uh, but that's where Simon goes in the film. Mm-hmm. He... Gets on the Ferris wheel and like because he made this Tumblr post, Tumblr post, everyone knows like, oh, my God, he's waiting for like that other dude. Yeah. And so like (laughs) Simon is just riding the Ferris wheel by himself, by himself for like hours. Why wouldn't he just stand by the Ferris wheel and wait for someone to like come up to him and then he'd be like, we could watch it together or ride it together. Why do why does he have to ride the Ferris wheel the whole time? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Wasn't he just like, meet me at the Ferris wheel and then we can ride the Ferris wheel together? Maybe every time the uh, Ferris wheel made like a cycle to the top, he was calling out like, blow, like trying to <laughs> he like had to get, get his... that height. Yeah, yeah. He had to get that high up above the uh, the carnival. <laughs> this is just so awkward. I would never do this in my life or want anyone to do this to me. It's awful. Well, and it's so weird because like we know at this point that blue is like, maybe uncertain about coming out publicly. Yeah. That, like, he feels self-conscious about that. So, like, why would you make this, like, a public spectacle? No, it makes no sense. Yeah. To be like, hey, Blue, I want <laughs> you to meet me on the Ferris wheel. Don't worry. Only the entire school will be there. Yeah, they're watching, literally. I also didn't really like that this is sort of Martin's redemption moment where he's like, <laughs> I know, I'm going to, like... Pay for more tickets. First, he's like, uh, I'm blue. And then he's like, no, you're not. And he's like, OK, but I'll pay for more <laughs> of your Ferris wheel rides. I kind of liked that moment just because, like, at this point, I genuinely still wasn't sure who uh, blue was, especially in the film. Yeah. And I think like any murder mystery, you're kind of suspecting anyone. Yeah. So Martin coming up is just kind of like wiping that name off the board yeah I'm like, is it martin no it's not martin it's not martin <laughs> but yeah his redemption is like the most low effort i of know like i'll give you a ticket to like ride the ferris wheel and again. i'm like you don't get a pass martin no. fuck off <laughs> get the fuck out of here but then who joins him in the ferris wheel but bram yeah post presidential obama himself <laughs> <laughs> which i was surprised by this i thought it was great and yeah. i thought it was a great because here's the thing, you want 
Simon to have some interaction with Blue yeah. that we've seen already. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we know that they work together. Yeah, so you know they have a good dynamic, but you don't want it to be like so obvious that like, oh, could Blue be, I don't know, the guy that he has great chemistry with? Yeah. So the fact that they like established him as a potential Blue at the beginning, but then that one moment with him and the girl yeah erased that was like really smart i agree i like that too and of course bram is like that part that time at the party i was just really confused and you know i didn't even end up like making out with her that much (laughs) (laughs) um but it's really sweet they get a kiss together on the ferris wheel and then we get kind of a scene because simon always picks up his friends and then they get iced coffee together and we see Bram in the car with the whole gang yeah. and they're getting iced coffee together. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's a nice little epilogue for yeah. the story that I, I enjoy quite a bit. Let's talk about the book. The book. The book, the book, the book. So, carnival <laughs> time. Yes, and instead of making a public Tumblr announcement, he just emails Blue and things have been weird between them and he's just like, listen, I know you're not sure about us, but like, I really care about you. Like, I've fallen in love with you. I want to meet you. This is where I'll be. And he's like, I'll just be at the carnival. Like, you know who I am. Come meet me. Yes. And he kind of wanders around the carnival for forever. And then finally, when he's on the Tilt-A-Whirl, what a place to meet. (laughs) Uh, Bram shows up. Yeah, Bram. And and oh my god, Simon is so fucking dense. That I know. At first he's, he's like, so dumb. I don't know. I'm waiting for someone, but I guess you can ride with me this one time. And of course, Bram reveals that he is blue. Yeah. This was like we both felt very obvious from the book. Yeah. The only thing that threw me off was because I was listening to it on, on audiobook. I got confused as to who, what character Bram was. Yeah. But there's a part in the book where. Um, Simon actually, first of all, Simon, like, thinks Bram is cute. Like, he's mentioned it a couple times. Yeah. But then also he gets a paper in English class that isn't his, it's Bram's. Mm -hmm. And it has, like, a perfect score on it. Yeah. And the one thing we know about Blue is that he has, like, perfect grammar and, like, spelling and all his emails and all that stuff. It's mentioned multiple times. You're like, okay. I wonder who Blue could be. Is it that kid? And he says something like, Oh, when I gave Bram his paperback, he blushed. Clearly, he, like, was awkward about me seeing his test score. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, Simon. We know it's Bram. (laughs) Um, But the book kind of has more of an epilogue with the two of them. And the decision between them to come out uh, publicly as, like, them dating Mm -hmm. is more thoughtful, too. Like, they, you know, kiss and everything, but then... They kind of have a discussion about whether to date publicly and what Bram is comfortable with. Yeah. And I I like the kind of extended time we get with these two characters, like as a couple and kind of like deciding how they want to move forward. And um, it is it's really sweet. And I I really like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We get kind of this epilogue moment uh, via a talent show yeah. at the school, mm-hmm. which is mostly, like, fine. The only weird, noteworthy thing is that, like, both Leah and his younger sister, Nora, yeah. reveal that they're in a band together yes. that performs. And Simon has not noticed the whole time because he seems pretty selfish. <laughs> Have there been, like, I know there at a point he's like, Nora isn't as home as much as she used to be. Yeah. Were there any other hints to this? Yeah, so like in the music room, there was like a set list that was like on 
one of the stands that they find the one oh, time. Oh, okay. And they're like, why is this here? And then one time he and Abby are walking past the music room and they hear like music mm-hmm. and they're kind of like bopping along to it, but like walk past. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were more attuned to the... Uh, the. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a tie-in to, to Blue, actually. Oh, okay. But it was kind of cool that it ended up being Leah and his sister. And I do want to say, so um, the author... Becky Abertelli, I think is her last name. Um, she has another book about Leah. Oh, it's about Leah. Yeah, it's called Leah on the Offbeat. Oh, okay. Yeah, so her next book is about Leah. So I think this is almost like setting up Leah. I read something that she had another book about Abby's cousin. Yes, there is another one. Okay, I'm yeah. like, okay, that's a really <laughs> weird... Well, in, in addition to that, too, uh, there is a Hulu series out called Love, Kevin... Victor. Victor. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Love Victor. Love Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> um, but I guess it takes place at the same high school. Yeah. But is it after Simon has graduated? I think I'm so. guessing. Yeah. I did see that Simon was like credited as like appearing in it. At I think one he point. does the narration. Is what I read. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so this is clearly like a sprawling love Simon multiverse <laughs> uh, with different franchises. The Simonverse. The Simonverse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait for Simon Avengers where they all like come together. All the different timelines. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Ian, which one is better though? All right, so <laughs> I feel comfortable and confident in my decision. There's nothing you can say. You're firm. That is going to, yes. There's nothing you can say that will change my mind. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with the book on this one. I totally agree. Uh, I think the movie was really well done. It was fun. Uh, it was fun. I thought like, you know, good characters. I thought it was a good representation of the story. Yeah. Uh, I thought it did a lot of smart things. I kind of liked more of the structure of like, is it this boy? Is it this boy? Is it this boy? Yeah. Uh, kind of like, you know, changing that throughout, I thought Mm -hmm. was like really fun you know, character dynamics. Like it was a, it was a solid movie. Yeah. Um, but the book was just so, so, so good. Yeah. I really, I think it just captured like all the, all the complicated internal feelings that Simon is dealing with. Mm -hmm. Uh, it gives you a much better insight into his relationship with blue over these emails. Yeah. Just all the different character dynamics and how kind of complicated they can be. Mm hmm. It's really funny at points. Yeah. I just liked it a lot. It's such an enjoyable read. And something that I wanted to mention is that the author is actually a child psychiatrist. Oh, really? Yeah. And worked with teens specifically. And dealt and worked with a lot in like a a lot of different programs that focused on LGBTQ youth. Wow. Um, And she also later came out as bisexual after these books were published. So, you know... She just really has a bead, I think, on teens. Yeah. Which is so understandable knowing that she actually works with teens. Yeah. Like, it feels like she gets them. And I'm sure there are many ways that this book is not realistic to teens, but it feels pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, it captures the nuances of like all different types of friendships and dynamics that would be going on in a high school between students and teens and just showing like the inner life. And I just love that like Simon's friendships are so different 
depending on the person yeah. that he's friends with. Um, and we get to see and understand so much of his character. And I like that he's kind of like a little bit shitty and he sort of realizes that. Yeah. In yeah. the story and con- has to come to terms with it a little bit. But I really, I really have to praise the author for making the story feel so relatable and so fun and making the characters feel just so nuanced and, and real. Yeah, they're, they're so three dimensional and the way they play off each other. And it just feels like just very genuine and just very real. So, OK, so it's a definitely a solid book for us, but the movie is fun. So check it out. Well, I, I, yeah, I would absolutely recommend it to honestly anyone if you're looking for fun, like rom-com kind of, mm-hmm. you know, date night movie, or if you've read the book and liked it, like it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Also let us know if you've watched, uh, love Victor. Yes. And if, or love Kevin or love Kevin, <laughs> either one. And if that's any good, <laughs> should we do lightning round? No. <laughs> that's it goodbye (laughs) let's do lightning okay so the first thing up for lightning round uh there is a whole kind of like scene sequence in the in the book where they go to georgia they go to georgia (laughs) georgia jesus christ they go to into atlanta like downtown atlanta yeah uh and they go to what isn't technically a gay bar it's a gay restaurant yeah (laughs) Uh, uh, and abby and nick take uh simon there to kind of because you know he's been outed at this point but they kind of want him to feel better about things and more yeah like they're supportive of him this is the part where they're like let's not bring leah yeah yeah uh but it kind of turns into this like whole wild situation (laughs) where like Simon ends up getting kind of hit on by this like college guy. Yeah. And they let he like t- drags him over to like the table of friends that he has. And like they keep like giving buying him, him all these drinks. And Simon just gets like completely hammered. <laughs> Although to this college guy's credit, as soon as he finds out he's 17, he's like, OK, oh, bye. Taking you back to your friends. <laughs> Where now. are your friends? Take him, please. Take him away. <laughs> this is a really funny scene. Yeah. Uh, so in the movie, I just want to mention a part where he's, Simon's having that kind of heart to heart with his dad. And then his dad is like, yeah, and then maybe later, like you and I could sign up for Grindr together. <laughs> Simon is like, I don't think you know what Grindr is. And his dad's like, it's like Facebook for gay people, right? <laughs> that was this great. Was so funny. I totally forgot about that. Uh, something that's similar in book and movie uh, is that Simon talks about like part of his sexual awakening was his attraction to Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> in the Harry Potter movies. Oh my gosh. And the movie really accentuates this scene talking about him waking up every night from like the same dream of Daniel Radcliffe and he wakes up and I love that they have <laughs> a Harry Potter poster on his wall. And I don't know, I think it's from the seventh movie, yeah. but it's just like his face huge. <laughs> and just the fact that it's like a real like merchandised, like licensed Harry Potter poster yeah. of Daniel Radcliffe's real face just like makes the joke so funny. It's so great. Uh, I also want to mention from the book, it's really funny because like once Simon is kind of outed to the school, like this whole time he's been thinking that this cute guy Cal in his play 
is blue and he's not. Yeah. Of course, he realizes he's not. But then Cal kind of comes up with, up to him and is like, hey, just so you know, I'm bisexual. Yeah. So we should hang out sometime. Because <laughs> like Simon has been having these interactions with Cal that feel like they might be like, oh, we're flirtatious. Co- like flirtatious, we're connecting. And that he's like, that's probably, he's blue. He's definitely blue. But then it just turns out that like Cal is like, oh, I am kind of like in- interested. Yeah. If you want to be interested too. I felt like they could have, I don't know. I'm usually not a big fan of like love triangles, mm-hmm. but this actually would have been like a really effective yeah. opportunity for one. Cause like, yeah, Simon has like grown to know Blue in these emails and yeah. like connected him with emo- connected with him emotionally. But Blue's also kind of like not ready, not ready, too afraid, kind of pulling back. And then this cute boy comes know, up to and Simon is like, and is like, "Hey, hey, I'm bi, and I'm you know, kind of kind of into you. If you yeah. want to like hang out, like mm-hmm. that would have been like a pretty good, interesting, yeah, love dynamic triangle dynamic. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really get too much into it with Cal after that. I just thought it was kind of fun. It is, you know, I I really like the way that played out. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up our lightning round. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, we were so excited to get to do these two um, stories for Pride Month. Obviously, this won't be the last of our queer episodes, but it was really cool to kind of focus on them for the month of June. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you thought of this movie, this book, uh, Love, Kevin, any of the sequel <laughs> books that uh, you may have uh, you may have read. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did I What did I say? <laughs> You know what you said. <laughs> uh, yeah, email us at um, CoverToCreditsPod at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media if you go to CoverToCreditsPod.com. We have our Facebook and Instagram, and you can also get to our Patreon from there. And we've already talked about why you should join our Patreon, but um, if you'd like to support us in another way, you can also leave us a star rating or review on Apple Podcast, and that helps other people find our podcast and listen to our stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time. Happy Pride. Bye. Bye.